we have one humongous arch nemesis and the initials are DIY, the do-it-yourselfer, have ultimately decided to just try to go it on their own. The majority of advisors don't choose a platform like ours, end up just doing everything themselves. You know, here they are a year or two later, hair is still on fire and they're working till eight o'clock at night trying to catch up on things. It's not a great life. Jim Palumbo ran his own RIA. He outsourced all the technology and back office processes, which allowed him to run the entire firm by himself with just a laptop. He was so impressed by the experience that he now works for the vendor. I spoke to Jim about his journey from advisor to outsourcer and how his firm provides a differentiated solution for RIAs. And welcome to this episode of Wealth Management Today. I'm pleased to have on the program Jim Palumbo, Principal and Chief Development Officer at Dynamic Advisor Solutions. Hey, Jim. Hey, Craig. Happy to be with you today. Jim, I'm happy you are here. Uh, I'm so glad we finally got this coordinated. We were going back and forth and talking a lot on LinkedIn. And it's great that we finally got this call, all the timing worked out and got you on the program. It's going to be fun. Oh, definitely. Anything talking about the industry is fun for me, and I know it's fun for you, too. And uh, what I wanted to start off with, if we could, is can you just give me the 30-second elevator pitch for Dynamic Advisor Solutions? So Dynamic Advisor Solutions is a professional services organization supporting successful advisors, both IARs and RIAs, who want to grow their practice, who are finding they've hit a capacity ceiling, and looking to outsource uh, platform technology, personnel, and investment management. And, and that's our sweet spot is the growing advisor, uh, not necessarily the emerging advisor, but the growing advisor who's already finding that they've got capacity constraints. And what made you, so as, a, as one of the principal, are you the principal or one of the principals? Uh, my partner and I, Jim Cannon, is the founder of the uh, company. And I are the principals there, and we have uh, a couple of a dozen folks that support advisors across the country. Excellent. So what made you want to get into this business? I mean, what, what did you see in the market that wasn't there? <laughs> it's a great question, and it was totally accidental. So um, I, I'll tell you how Dynamic came to be, and then, and then my um, coming to be part of this team uh, I came as a client, uh, is what happened, and uh, grew to love it so much that I wanted to be part of the team. But my partner, Jim Cannon, started the organization about 10 years ago, having come from a major uh, broker-dealer, actually a holding company that owned numerous broker-dealers in RIAs. He was the president, uh, working, consolidating all these companies. 2008, that company went through a contraction. He took an early retirement said, what do I want to do next, my ne next act for my career? And he said, I wonder if I can provide the same experience that the big corporate RIA and broker-dealer gives its financial advisors. Can I 
provide that same level of support to the independent advisor. And he quickly put his business plan together that included uh, catering to fee-only financial advisors uh, and those that were independent and trying to provide a concierge level where they're getting the technology, they're getting support instead of having to hire people and, and wear all of these hats in, in their company uh, and deal with what he calls the administrivia of the business, wearing 10 different hats, uh, tech, chief technology officer, chief compliance officer, human resource director, et cetera, and just focus on what they do best, which is strengthening and deepening client relationships and finding new ones. So he started it 10 years ago, uh, quickly picked up speed. We've you know, gained uh, accolades in, in the last couple of years for growth and uh, position in the industry. So we're really delighted that uh, advisors in the industry are recognizing that that really fills the need. You know, that's the X factor. What's the differentiator? It's being able to find a solution that just does it all for you, right? The advisor doesn't want to have to figure out what, how do you tie these two technologies together? How do I make my CRM and my portfolio management system talk to each other or exchange data? They don't have time for that. Are they smart enough to do it? Yes. Do they have time to do it? No. Should they be doing it? And the answer for the growing advisor is no, they should not be doing it. Uh, I came to it as a client. I had struggled. I started my RIA 25 years ago, uh, built it up quickly, uh, over $100 million in assets, and realized I had run into that same ceiling. I couldn't keep up with the business of the business. I couldn't find enough talented people. I couldn't make the technologies talk to each other. And I finally just threw my hands up in the air and uh, ended up turning to dynamic, uh, used them for outsourcing. It was so great that after I started working with them, uh, packed up my family into a motorhome, traveled around the country for a year um, from the motorhome and ran the business from a laptop. It, it was so perfectly integrated. I had access to every digit of information in my business from that laptop anywhere in the country that I could run everything from there. So it was absolutely extraordinary. After a couple of years, I realized we had a lot in common ethically, uh, as well as our perspective on the future of the industry. And we ended up putting the companies together. Uh, and here I am today, now taking the experience I had running my own RIA and being able to translate that into helping support others who are going through the same things, looking for the same solution. That's a great story. So with your platform, uh, do you talk about how many advisors are on the platform? Uh, I'm, I'm, I have to be careful with the number because <laughs> sometimes I don't get it right, but I believe there are 60 some, uh, so I'll say that as a round number, 60 some, uh, advisors today, and that represents a combination of individual IARs uh, tucked under our registration, but operating independently, as well as RIA firms uh, that are independent RIAs that outsource in the same way an IAR would. They outsource everything to us, but they're standalone, self-registered RIA. Right. And what's the, what are the assets on your platform currently? We have about just heading toward two and a half billion of assets under administration today. And again, not all regulatory assets because we, we manage assets for some standalone RIAs. Gotcha. 
And you seem to provide the entire package, everything from from soup to nuts that, that an advisor needs. As you said, all they need is a laptop and 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 you handle all the rest. So that seems like a lot, uh, a big organization on your end, but you don't seem to have that much of a staff. How do you build out your infrastructure to be able to scale up to support this? Well, it, it, it's a good question and, and, and kind of two parts, right? So the first part is, um, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. Um, it's difficult to try to provide a full suite of services to advisors. So, so that growth has been uh, slow at times, but now we think we've got it built. You know, it's sort of uh, build it and they will come. So I think we were, we were top heavy in the early years, but now we've got the efficiencies and scalability that we can support those assets, support those advisors, because everything is based on automation and uh, workflows, processes. Uh, we're starting to experiment with machine learning, with bots inside the system that are performing um, work. Uh, a lot of really cool uh, cutting edge stuff that uh, our tech officer would, would speak to better than me. But continually refining that process of managing assets toward two goals, Craig. One is efficiency for the advisor, right? What takes 12 clicks today should take two clicks tomorrow. Um, there should be less data entry. Things should be automated. Things should be digital. It shouldn't require a paper interface where you start your relationship with the client on paper and then it has to get transferred into the digital world, right? Um, trying, to, trying to make that user experience, both the advisor and the end client, uh, elegant and smooth and efficient and take the least amount of time and effort as possible. Uh, and, and it's that scalability that allows us to uh, be able to service that many advisors. And, and we could double our assets today and, and really would not hurt. Uh, we wouldn't be hurting that much if we doubled the advisors and assets today. Sure. So let's talk about onboarding. So advisor onboarding, huge issue. It's, it's, it's the advisor's first interaction with your firm. So how, how, how is that team structured? How big is that team? And, and how important is that to your overall business model? So, so the average onboarding will have four or five team members exclusively dedicated and then other uh, team members from other areas, right? Whether it's technology, asset management, uh, et cetera, that are practice management that are working with them, but a special dedicated team of folks that are helping them onboard. And same thing, we try to make everything uh, automated. So as an example, we're, our, our platform has Salesforce as the hub but it allows Redtail Overlay, um, that is the CRM, and then Orion as the portfolio management accounting uh, software or, or side of it. Um, an advisor that's already successful is in some other kind of a system. So we've done lots of integration. So how can we automatically, digitally, migrate that data from where the advisor has it today into our system? Our team does all of that work for the advisor. We don't put that on them. We don't lay it on them uh, to have to do that. We, we, our team has done it before, and uh, they walk them through it, whether they're coming from uh, Morningstar Workstation or uh, Portfolio, what was Portfolio Center at, uh, at uh, Performance Technologies or whatever, whatever they're coming from, uh, Juncture, Wealthbox, whatever. Um, there are either integrations that exist uh, or importable, exportable features. And, and we try to take advantage of those technologies 
and, and make that experience first digital and then anything that's not digital, our team does it rather than an advisor doing it. We want them to spend their time talking to their clients. Yeah, that's, that's a good goal. So with uh, Salesforce, you said you have a red tail overlay. What does that mean? <laughs> so uh, I interesting, and, and I personally learned more about that uh, here just in the last couple of weeks. So R Redtail has written uh, a full uh, API uh, integration for Salesforce, which means that an advisor for Salesforce, which is our core system, uh, an advisor on Redtail can keep that Redtail. The APIs are going to, um, I don't want to get too technical because that's not my area, but they'll talk to each other. That data has an interface from Salesforce to Redtail. So that advisor might not have to give up Redtail or if they're just features they like, such as the, um, the ease of building workflows in Redtail, that they can continue to use that. So in reality, they could end up having both or, or one connected to the other. Right. That's awesome because most you know, small firms, you know, small, you know, a couple of advisors, they don't, uh, Salesforce is overkill for them. And, and I think it's a good point you bring up, Craig, that, again, this is just my perspective, and I'm the business development guy, not the tech guy, but Redtail seems a good fit for the emerging advisor. Between 30 and 50 million, it, it appears you can outgrow that. Maybe it's a little higher than that, but, but, but it could be you can outgrow it. Um, we see it really important to help incubate advisors' growth. And so if something like that is easy for them in the early stage, we want to help position them for the future. So anything we can do to grease the skids for them to go from that emerging phase to enterprise phase, uh, we want to do that. And, and, and I love the sound of this integration. We, have not, uh, we haven't done one yet, but um, I, I spent some time with the uh, engineer at Redtail uh, just literally in the last 10 days. And, and it was a really interesting uh, scenario that he laid out about the integration. That developed. Oh, so it's not actually running anywhere. It's just something you're planning on offering. It's running somewhere, but we're not running it today. So just. Gotcha. All your 60 advisors are using Salesforce. Correct. All right. So, so none of them are currently using Retail. Uh, no. So, so nobody, nobody on our platform is on that one today. What, uh, what's interesting about the Salesforce is we customize it. It's about 50% uh, the Salesforce platform out of the box, right? Uh, and the rest of it is what we've customized to fit the model investment advisor practice. Um, so we've got the, the fields of data and the integrations with Orion uh, are all designed to make everything smooth, elegant, uh, and not time-consuming for the advisor. Mm -hmm. uh, so, for example, our Orion and, and Salesforce is um, completely integrated as far as data. So, there's no need to move data from one platform to the other. They're sharing the data between each other. So, all of the uh, Orion uh, positions, performance, everything flows through into the what we call Wealth360, which is the Salesforce, the CRM, and mm -hmm. flows into that household record. So the experience that we're creating, the advisor, whether they're on their phone, iPad, or laptop, they go to a single screen 
and everything, every digit of information related to that client is on a single screen. Everything. Full contact information, history, activities, transactions, positions, email, documents, everything literally on one page. That is interesting. And with, uh, so can advisors use something else? So they have to use Salesforce. They, they don't have to use it. So it's a good question. So we always tell them you can, you know, it's, uh, we like to be what we'd call open architecture. We like to be uh, flexible. We want advisors to do what they want, uh, what makes them happy. Um, the, the Salesforce is our, our interface, right, with the advisor. So they'll use, they'll put in service requests, communicate a lot of information through that portal, but they're not required to use it as a CRM. One of the things that I'll, uh, I'll challenge advisors who are listening, a lot of people get hung up, as I did years ago, um, sort of getting into the tech debate, right? This CRM is better than that CRM. This portfolio system is better. This trading system, this financial planning software. In the end, the top tier packages are all pretty good. Ultimately, my personal belief is it's not material to your success. If you have one of the top two, you're going to succeed. That shouldn't be uh, a decision point for an advisor as they're formulating their business. So if an advisory firm has reached $200 million, they cannot keep up with the growth uh, and they're on Wealthbox or some other uh, CRM today. And coming to a firm like ours means going to Salesforce. So what? Right? They all work well. If you have a platform that somebody is running for you and it takes you zero minutes per week to manage that platform, why not? Right? It's the, the advantages of the other manufacturers, CRM, are not significant enough for you to not make a strategic move towards success uh, and for us, that means for many advisors, that means outsourcing um, in, in order to achieve your real goals, because your real goal isn't, you know, I'm going to build my firm for the glory of juncture, right? The goal is to provide the best deliverable to your client that you possibly can. Isn't that the glory of Rome? <laughs> the, the glory of, uh, of whatever software company is your favorite, uh, is your favorite tool. We're just taking a quick break from this episode to talk about one of my favorite sponsors, the Invest in Others Foundations. Uh, the Invest in Others Foundation is a charity that helps advisors uh, raise money for their charities, individual charities for different advisors. Uh, they uh, allow you to nominate and you can sponsor different philanthropies. Uh, you can volunteer. They have a number of different uh, grant programs. One of them is called Grants for Good provides opportunities for advisors to secure funding for specific programs or projects on behalf of nonprofits that they support. Uh, I do a lot of uh, help work with uh, Invest in Others, and I help judge some of these uh, advisors. And it's really tough, I tell you. They'll give me 10 different advisors of all kinds of charities and doing all kinds of fantastic work. Uh, there's a, a great advisor, uh, Mike Mayernick, who won the Global Impact Award. He did this uh, through his charity uh, work, in Uganda, uh, where they adopted their daughter 10 years ago. And Mike's charity is called Love One International. Uh, again, this is a charity that um, invests in others 
uh, gave money to. So Mike's Charity provides medical care, food distribution, tuition, and training for children in Uganda uh, in this community. Uh, does some really good work, uh, really saving people's lives. So if you're looking for somewhere to uh, invest some charitable donations, I'd recommend the Invest in Others Foundation, investinothers.org. Whatever's your favorite. So uh, you, mentioned, you mentioned outsourcing. So you guys don't just provide technology. You also offer people. As you said, you can run your business with a laptop. So there's got to be people behind that. So can you explain how that works? How do you outsource apparently everything, back, middle, and front office? Yeah, literally everything. And, and, and it really starts with that value proposition, Craig. And, and maybe I'm going to hurt some feelings uh, today. But for the advisor that's you know, past e emerging, so wherever you think that number is by, measured by number of households or measured by AUM, is it, is it uh, 20, 30, 50, 80 million, where, wherever that point is, at some point you go from a solo practice to a real business to enterprise. And as you're moving in, in, in that direction, a lot of people, they, they see an advertisement, they read an article, and the promise of technology is what? It's going to save you time. It's going to make your life easier. It's going to provide efficiency. Uh, there are a lot of promises implied in the technology um, discussion, whether it's their advertisement or the white paper or whatever you're going to look at, there's a lot of promises. We believe at Dynamic that the promise of the tech alone is a hollow promise. Because if you're a 50, 100, 150, $200 million advisory firm and you think buying a piece of tech is going to make life simpler, it's not. At that stage, you have to hire somebody to run that. Uh, piece as well, right? You buy a if you buy a complex trading or a complex portfolio management system, you might have to hire one or two people just to get the data in, to maintain it, to reconcile it, uh, to aggregate positions, uh, to deal with multiple custodians. That that is not something that runs on autopilot, and that's not something that the individual advisors should be doing either on their own. They should be spending their time with the client. They should be spending their time making better relationships uh, and looking for new clients or, or thinking strategically about their business. These are the things and the places where the advisor should be spending their time, not trying to integrate the CRM and the portfolio management software. Yeah, you'd think they'd not want to do that, but some still try to do it. Well, it, it, it's less expensive, right? You can spend a couple of thousand dollars and, and buy a piece of tech and bolt it onto your system, you know, versus a, a little bit more of a commitment to fully outsource, but then you can be free. And, and I, I can't emphasize this enough, Craig. There, I, I believe you can separate advisors into two camps. You have advisors who are looking for clients, and, and those often fall into the emerging uh, category. And then you have advisors who are looking for time. They need more time. They need uh, capacity. They need the ability to think about their business, to spend time with clients, to build relationships, to improve deliverables. And they're not able to do that because they're running the business of the business. They're spending 20, 30, 40, 50, 80% of their time messing around with uh, entering data, technology, 
um, human resources, any of these types of things. Uh, they, they can't be doing that if they're going to succeed. So to build the model practice for the 21st century that's growing, that's taking advantage of this fantastic environment that we find ourselves in today, where, where there's consolidation, there's growth, there's money moving, there's capital coming into our industry. The individual advisor in Oshkosh or San Diego or Miami, they need to be thinking about what they're going to do. How are they going to deploy their resources? The most valuable resource they have is time and, and spending it on tinkering with a widget or entering data is not the best use of that time. I would agree 100%. What about, uh, go back to your platform. You, it says you have a client portal and a mobile app. Can you explain well, what vendors provide those tools and how do they integrate? So, so good question. Without being too technical, we, we use a, a variation so a, a customized variation of the Salesforce mobile app. And the reason that it works for everything is you have this nice, super easy to use mobile app on your phone. But then on top of it, we have been integrating, feeding all of the, the uh, mechanical or, or data from the portfolio management, the Orion side of it into Salesforce, so you have everything feeding into it, and then you have click-throughs. If you need super deep dives, the window opens up inside Salesforce for Orion. So you have your basic information, values, transactions, uh, client data, performance, all there just um, uh, visually available in Salesforce. And if you need deep dives into analytics, you just click a button and on the phone or iPad or laptop, you are taken inside the Orion system for your deeper analytics. And all from one app, single sign-on. I heard some of our competitors, big competitors, just announcing in the last six months, they finally achieved single sign-on. We've been single sign-on for almost 10 years because that's where it all starts, right? The advisor doesn't want to go log in over here, log into the custodian, log into the CRM, log into the uh, trading, log into research, all these different, you have nine different windows open. One, you, we have one login, single sign-on, you log into one window and everything is there. Or one or two clicks from, from that first page. So is, is Salesforce also your client portal? Uh, no, actually Orion. So we use the Orion client portal uh, because it's so ro robust and, and they have lots of terrific integrations, right? So the Money Guide Pro user, the eMoney user, uh, the advisor, which uh, uh, Orion has now bought, all of those are integrated uh, with Orion. So again, you don't have this duplication of data entry. Uh, as an example, the Money Guide Pro integration is so robust that it's bi-directional. So information that's in Orion is flowing into Money Guide Pro and the results and conclusions of the financial plan are flowing back into Orion uh, and especially populating into the portal. So think about the user experience for the end client. This is what you're wanting to achieve. Uh, it is this better deliverable, this better user experience for your end client. They go into their portal. Not only do they have the standard <laughs> the pie chart, the performance reporting, the transactions, the balance sheet, but now all of their Money Guide Pro financial planning uh, info is there as well. The assumptions, the conclusions, the goals 
are all there as well, all the portals. Uh, is, is Money Guy Pro the main option? Do you allow the advisors to use any tool for financial planning? Any tool they want. Say, like, like I say, we try to be as open architecture as we can. Uh, it really is up to the financial planning software um, architects themselves that uh, are responsible for those integrations. So, for example, Money Guy Pro has terrific uh, integration built in. Right? The, the, the APIs and the other things that they do to, um, to make that data both available and able to pull in uh, to the system is really their work, right? The folks at Mini Guide Pro have really done their homework there to get that, make that integration available. Uh, and, and other financial planning softwares to different degrees offer that. Uh, I'm using Money Guide Pro because they've nailed it um, pretty comprehensively. But do you uh, require, so you don't require advisors to use a specific tool, but do you in integrate better with MoneyGate Pro than the other ones? Well, they integrate better. So if I could blame it on them. So we, <laughs> we'll take any integration that's available with an open API, but the, uh, the MoneyGate Pro has written the best one so far. Uh, but, uh, you know, my understanding, is, and again, I don't want to speak for them. Uh, you know, eMoney, my understanding is they're continuing to improve that. Uh, you know, just every quarter, uh, improving on that one that they have. But the, the Money Guide Pro is pretty slick um, in how easily it works. And which custodians do you guys uh, support? So we re represent uh, four big ones and, and then multiple smaller trust companies and, and other type of record keepers and custodians and that type of thing. But the four main ones, of course, are Schwab, TD Ameritrade, Fidelity, uh, and Raymond James. Um, on the uh, Schwab and TD platform, we're, we're looking at as an outsource agent, right? So it's not, um, the RIA doesn't have to tuck in under us or anything like that. The custodians recognize uh, a third party outsource agent for services. Uh, with Fidelity, uh, our arrangement is, is both that uh, and random James, but also Fidelity recognizes us uh, in their universe as, as a TAMP and advisors or RAs can come to us and work through us, gain access to Fidelity without meeting the minimums. They still have to meet the uh, ethical and uh, qualitative uh, requirements of Fidelity, but, but not necessarily the AUM minimums. That's an interesting way to do that. Interesting use of the TAMP registration. Mm -hmm. Right, there, um, yeah, and, and I think Fidelity has been working on um, you know, if you think about it in, in, the, in the light of the, the thesis that we've been talking about, Craig, what is Fidelity doing? In a sense, it's kind of smart because they're saying that uh, we don't want the minimum, uh, you know, a lot of small advisors and that kind of thing because they're better served by working through a third party that interfaces with the custodian that provides them platform that's not ace answering you know, they're not having to do the basic question, well, how do I fill out this app? And, you know, what button do I click to make a trade? Um, you know, they're sort of pushing that off to firms like ours who are able to provide all of that for the advisor and they don't have to mess with it. They get to move on and do the things that matter most, do the financial planning, do the holistic wealth management with their client rather than messing around on the screen with, uh, with buttons and clicks and data entry. So you are a TAMP, so do you offer 
these solutions yourself. So on your website, it says you have uh, uh, SMAs and custom portfolios. Are those yours or do you go, do you, are you reselling another TAMP's products? Uh, a good point. So all of that is uh, proprietary. So there are, you know, for the advisor, they can do SMAs that we're working with, uh, superintending, et cetera. The model portfolios are all our portfolios. They fall into the fall four main categories, uh, passive, active, factor-based, and alternative. And, uh, and quite frankly, a lot of our folks are on uh, dimensional type factor-based portfolios. Uh, they seem to have had a really great track record. So there's a lot of uptake by advisors in that arena. We, we have a lot of DFA advisors that, that come to us just for that reason. Um, but we're represented in all those areas. Those model portfolios are by design. And, and, and another interesting point to add there, Craig, we're not claiming to bring anything that the active managers do. We're not talking about original research. We think we can pick better stocks. We can better, pick better funds. We can guess the direction of the market. We believe the real value that we bring to advisors and advisors should bring to their clients is recognizing the efficiency of the markets and delivering disciplined, systematic processes to investments, merging the financial planning process and the investment management process together and delivering that in an extremely cost efficient and deliberate, disciplined way, quarter after quarter after quarter. And that's the alpha that the advisor brings to the relationship with the client. It is not picking funds stocks, bonds, or anything else. Matter of fact, I read a study, there were, um, uh, I read, actually it was a foreign study. Uh, they said that the average advisor underperformed the benchmarks by 500 basis points, local, the, the average local advisor. The Cerulli study, uh, somebody pointed out, I haven't read it yet, but somebody pointed out the other day they had read something in there that showed that the average advisor in his local community um, that's doing their own asset management is underperforming benchmarks dramatically and consistently. All right. If you're, yep. if you're an advisor listening to this podcast, you're sitting in a suburb of, you know, Chicago or LA or San Francisco, whatever you're in your office, you've got, you know, 40, 50, 60 client relationships. You're not adding value by picking stocks, right? It's the systems. It's the systematic disciplined approach to allocation and delivery to that client's goals, that is the alpha that you add. And in order to do that efficiently and inexpensively, uh, that's where the technology comes in. Oh yeah, I mean, I wrote about that on my blog years ago, whether that's a really report, it was 300 basis points. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. And uh, they still do it. <laughs> They're still building portfolios. They, they don't want to stop. Yeah. So uh, we're running out of time. I want to ask a couple uh, more quick questions. So who are your biggest competitors in the market? Who are you going up against and who are you uh, obviously beating when you? So we have one humongous uh, arch nemesis competitor and the initials are DIY. That is our, our number one competitor, uh, the do it yourselfer. So in the end, um, I've been in the development part of our company for a couple of years. I think maybe we've lost one prospective advisor that we've been talking with to a competitor. 
all of the rest of the RIA firms and IARs have ultimately decided to just try to go it on their own. Just, I'm gonna buy some software and I can do this. And, and, and quite frankly, they can. Uh, they're smart enough to do it. They are, uh, if they choose to dedicate 20 or 30 hours a week to it, they can do it, uh, but it's not gonna help them grow. So uh, it, it's a good question. And um, to me, the answer as it evolved over the last couple of years was shocking is that the majority of advisors that, that don't choose a platform like ours end up just doing everything themselves. And you know, here they are a year or two later, their hair is still on fire <laughs> and they're working till eight o'clock at night trying to catch up on things. Uh, it, it's not a great life. Well, I can see how that would be a big competitor, but what about the, the other RIA networks that are out there? Uh, you know, independent broker dealers like where Ron came from. Yeah. So, so that would be the other thing. When we talk about competitors, you know, the other people that are precisely in our space, we, I, I know people are going there. We're not actually losing very many contests uh, to those that, that provide them. A lot of them are offering very different um, value propositions. Um, you're going to share revenue with them. You're going to give up an equity stake. Um, to those companies. They're much more concerned about um, uh, taking a position in your ownership in your business than necessarily just straight up providing services. Um, I would say some of the straight service providers are, uh, are, are a little bit smaller and they're getting gobbled up too. You know, there, there've been things in the news about uh, uh, private equity coming into uh, some of those firms just in the, literally in the last days. So a lot of them are getting scarfed up by uh, private equity uh, as well. Um, the the broker dealer world is, is interesting. So for those that are are hybrid, dual registered advisors, it appears to us that a great many, if not the majority of those, are making lateral moves. They come out of the wirehouse uh, and move to a firm that gives them a, a big incentive. And they remain dual registered and, and don't really move all the way into that independent space, uh, independent fee-based space, which is the area that we occupy. We have zero dual registered uh, advisors. It's good to know what your business is and who your clients are and who your clients aren't. Right. So I think we are just about out of time. Uh, where can advisors who are listening find your company? Dynamicadvisorsolutions.com. Easy to find uh, on the web. And, um, you know, look it up. A lot of good information there. Got uh, some articles uh, on some of these topics in the blog if you want to learn more. Uh, or just pick up the phone, give a call. Phone number's there uh, on the website. I, I love talking to advisors, uh, giving advice, and answering questions. Super, Jim. Thanks you for being so open and taking the time to speak with me and answer all my questions. Uh, I really appreciate it. I think a lot of people who are listening are going to get a lot out of it. Craig, thanks so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Hey, it's Craig again. I just want to do a quick recap of what we learned from Jim Palumbo in Dynamic Advisor Solutions. They're an outsourced RIA platform. They have a full tech stack. They have people to help you with your middle back front office. Uh, they can handle everything, as Jim said, so you can run your firm with just a laptop. Uh, their competitors, though he didn't want to say, are the Dynasties, the Focuses, uh, Carson Group, uh, United Capital, all these different companies that uh, are offering different uh, solutions for advisors uh, 
to be able to bring their firms on uh, in different modes. And everyone's got a little bit of a different take on things. So uh, I like how uh, Jim's firm is doing it uh, a little bit different and uh, we should look into it. Um, also, uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please hit the like button and subscribe. And remember to give me a five-star review on iTunes. Hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'll talk to you soon.